Welcome to another edition of the Portland, Oregon OWASP podcast. Today we'll be talking with Ryan Krause. Ryan is a penetration tester based in Portland, Oregon. He's worked in various security areas for the past 11 years, including companies such as HP, EI Digital Security, which is now Beyond Trust, and Comcast, with a primary focus on app security and development. He is currently a consultant at NetSpy, where he performs web and network pen tests and assists clients with reducing their overall security exposure. Ryan will be presenting an introduction to Burp Suite at our next chapter meeting. Go to meetup.com and look up the OWASP Portland chapter group for more details. Today, Ryan will talk about his experiences in pen testing, along with great advice for those who want to break into this exciting field. Ryan Krause, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Thanks, John. Appreciate you having me. Uh, You're going to be giving an introductory talk about Burp Suite. Now, for those who don't know, what exactly is Burp Suite? Yeah, um, so Burp Suite is a web application security testing tool, or or rather a a suite of tools, I should say. Most people are probably familiar with Burp as an HTTP intercepting proxy, which sort of allows the users to intercept and alter HTTP requests and responses between the browser and the application that you're testing. That's that's kind of the primary tool that it's most people are familiar with. But some of the other tools that are in there too, it's got a Peter functionality that lets you modify and replay requests back to the server. It's got a sequencer that's used for kind of analyzing and finding patterns in session tokens. It's got a decoder that lets you convert data between different encoding schemes like Base64, URL encoding, things like that. It has a comparer that lets you compare requests side by side. So there's a lot of functionality there as well. It's got an entire ecosystem of extensions that you can install to sort of augment some of Burp's existing functionality, which, which makes it very powerful. So there's a couple of versions out there. There's a community version, right? And there's a couple other types that's being offered. Correct. Yeah. There's a community version. There's a professional version. And I believe they now have an, uh, I believe an enterprise version as well. So there's some differences between those. The community version is free. So if you are just getting started with Burp, I'd, I'd recommend you go get that one. It contains most of the major functionality for doing manual web application security testing. If you step up to the professional edition, uh, you get some additional tools there. The big one being a web application vulnerability scanner that's built into Burp. It's a pretty reasonable price point. Uh, so, so from a cost perspective, it's actually a pretty good bang for your buck. Yeah, exactly. Compared to some other tools that are out there. Yeah. So you have well over a decade in the game, right? Can you tell us about your journey to become a pen tester? Yeah, sure. So I'll go back a little ways. I I went to UC Irvine for computer engineering as my undergrad. Uh, So involved with computers, but definitely not specifically focused on security. Got my first job out of college doing QA testing on physical hard drives for Western Digital at the time. And while I was there, I was working with some teams that were doing web application development. And eventually one of the developers there left and they needed to fill that spot and sort of asked me if I was interested. So I sort of jumped at the chance because I was interested in doing development as a career at the time. So I spent some time doing development for them. I moved on to Comcast a little bit later doing UI, UX development for cable set-top boxes for a while, and then eventually landed at Beyond Trust, EI Digital Security at the time, where I was also starting to do some web development, website development for them. I think my security focus really started at Beyond Trust. While I was there, I I had an opportunity to kind of wear a lot of hats and do a lot of things. And even though they weren't directly security related at the time, 
I was working for a security company. So I was sort of through osmosis absorbing a lot of the security knowledge. And ultimately, I ended up being able to work on their network vulnerability scanner writing and working with some of the audits, which would be like the vulnerability checks that go out and look for these security issues on your network. And I, I think that's really where I started to learn a lot about security and really became interested in it. I really wanted to get my hands dirty at that point and get involved more in application security testing. So I ended up going to HP after that, took a position doing application security work for them, and then eventually kind of got more interested in pen testing specifically and decided to leave HP and go to NetSpy, where I've been for past about a little over three years now doing pen testing full-time. My path definitely wasn't direct. I, I definitely took the long road, so to speak, mainly because back when I was even in college, security wasn't really talked about that much. It wasn't as big of an issue. It wasn't as big of a topic as it is today. There's some advantage to people that are you know, younger and getting out of school these days where you know, security is a, a much wider and, and more talked about subject, I think, today than it was back then. Anybody who's interested in doing it, you know, they can they can have that opportunity. There's a lot more schools that are offering cybersecurity programs. They have an opportunity to sort of jump in a little bit earlier than I did. That being said, you know, taking the long road isn't a bad thing. Uh, you learn a lot about computing, learn a lot about development, excuse me, systems administration, things like that that sort of make you a better pen tester over time too. Yeah, your your journey is similar to mine. I, I also work for a cable company called NCube. I don't know if you ever remember them, but they also did set top boxes. And you brought something out that I thought was interesting. I think it's important. Yeah, they have security programs today. They they, they have a, maybe cybersecurity degrees. But it, I, I think it's equally important, like what happened in your case, is that you've developed a, some expertise in other domains as well. You developed in your, your networking, in your development, and also in your QA, which then you could take that experience and apply it to what you're learning in cybersecurity. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think any experience is good experience, especially when you get into security or, or specifically pen testing. I mean, just having a, a good general knowledge of how things work from a computing standpoint is, is really beneficial. Now, if you can say without breaking any NDAs, what do you consider your greatest success story in your experience so far? Wow. Um, well, I, I don't know about greatest success story. Um, I, can, I can talk a little bit about at least a, a somewhat recent testing experience that I had. I was doing some application testing for a large bank on an application that was focused on funds transfer. So the idea is you as a customer would log into this application and the functionality there would uh, allow you to transfer funds between accounts that you owned. So you could picture, you know, transferring money from your checking account over to your savings account or something, something of that nature. And I was doing the testing on the application and figured out, I was using actually actually using Burp Suite at the time as part of nice. the testing. So I figured out that there was a HTTP post request that was happening that had some parameters in it that defined the from account and the to account IDs. Um, and, uh, so as you can imagine, I started playing with that, you know, this would, this would kind of fall into the, I think the A5 broken access controls of the OWASP top 10 in 2017. Yeah. They, the developers were not first checking that I actually owned the account that I was transferring the money from. So essentially I could specify any valid account ID in the system and steal money from any user and put it into my own account. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> that's uh, Yeah, that's, that's textbook right there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You hit a couple domains there. Exactly. Yeah, pretty high impact. But, you know, it, it was kind of cool because even though it was a, a 
a very high impact finding, like the technical complexity wasn't all that difficult. Mm -hmm. It's not a super complicated finding. It was, like you said, pretty textbook, pretty textbook issue. And it's kind of funny, you're doing some of this testing and you, you think some of these, you know, super impactful issues are really complicated, but it's not always the case. Uh, there's been a, tons of instances along the way of, you know, SQL injection leading to, you know, complete database compromise and, and sometimes complete system compromise. And, you know, I always enjoy the occasional, I, I affectionately refer to it as the OWASP bingo, where I am able to find a finding from every category in the OWASP top 10. Oh. Uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty rare. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I've only hit it once or twice, but uh, it's a pretty great feeling when you do that. Oh, yeah. Are, are the developers out there getting better? Are the architects getting better or we have a ways to go, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's always going to be room for improvement. I, I would say I, I think it's getting a little better uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, for one, I think security is uh, a, a little bit more on the minds of the companies these days. You know, they're, they're a little bit more in tune with security than they were five, 10 years ago. Uh, so that's leading to some better development practices and actually doing code reviews and static code analysis and and uh, things that are leading to just better code development. I also think some of the, uh, you know, for example, if we're talking about web applications, uh, some of the web application frameworks that are out there today are doing a lot more to sort of prevent you from shooting yourself in the foot, so to speak. It's a lot harder to build vulnerable applications than it might have been, you know, five or 10 years ago. There's, they're sort of set up so that they're kind of secure by design, a little bit easier to work with and, and, not, and not open yourself up to those vulnerabilities. Still a target-rich environment, right? Exactly. <laughs> I see that you have several hard-earned security certifications from the fine folks at Offensive Security. You've got certified expert, you have certified professional, and then you also have wireless professional. I know these exams are really hard. And I know, like, for example, OSCP, if nobody's heard of it, is like a 24-hour test. It's hands-on. Plus, you got to write a good report from that. How did you prepare for these exams and how much, if any, did your real world experience help you in it? Yeah, so the the offensive security exams, they do a pretty good job of giving you the material that you need to really go out and, and pass those exams. Um, they give you study material, they give you lab environments to, to really practice in. And I, I think that was critical for, for me to pass these exams is just being able to sit there and just kind of bang my head on the keyboard for hours on some of these lab targets and, and really just try to understand these these techniques and, and tools that they're teaching you and, and really wrap your head around it. Practice really does make perfect, I think, in that sense. And it took a lot of hours of, of that practice to really be able to go in and, and pass those exams. I didn't pass the OSCE the first time I took it, actually. That I, It took, took me two tries to, to get that one. So, you know, it, it's they are hard. They are hard. But mm -hmm. I think, yeah, just like anything, just like any test, you know, if you really put in the time, if you really dedicate yourself to, to studying and understanding that material, I think anybody can be successful and, and pass those exams. As far as real world experience, the time when I was taking those exams, I was still just getting my feet wet in sort of the application security world. So I didn't have a mm -hmm. ton of security background, but I had enough to at least catapult me into understanding that material. And uh, anybody who's been in the industry for a little while, that experience would definitely help them in passing any of these exams. 
So let's get to that. We have many people in our chapter who want to become penetration testers, but they're not sure where or how to start. I think a lot of people are going to come to see your your talk uh, coming this Monday. A lot of people are going to be like that in the audience. What advice would you give to them? I think just starting to learn programming, learn about systems administration, the more exposure you have to just code and how code works, especially web application development, and the more exposure you have to just various types of software, enterprise software, and, and everything else that might be deployed on a network, I, I think the better pen tester that you'll you'll eventually become. I, I think it's always good to, to really just be curious too. I mean, you you kind of have to have that curious mind to really go and and seek out you know, some of these answers that may elude you for a while. But I think it's an important trait in any pen tester. As far as kind of practicing, uh, there's some great sites out there like Hack the Box. There's a lot of Capture the Flag events that are out there as well that run all the time that essentially anybody can participate in. Most of them are fairly open and you don't need to be on a team or anything to participate in a lot of them. I think the other thing is, you know, you have to kind of be realistic. And even if your first security gig isn't, for example, in pen testing, don't let that stop you from taking it. You know, learn what you can from that job role, use it to build and kind of, you know, level up your skill set and then eventually, you know, move yourself into that AppSec or pen testing world. There's a lot of different paths to get there, you know, and a lot of people don't go straight into pen testing. It's, it's a little bit less common, I would say, than maybe kind of the paths that you and I talked about where you might work in web development or you might work in uh, systems administration or IT for a little while and then kind of start to get a handle on security and, and move into pen testing or AppSec from there. Yeah, and maybe also to mention soft skills, right? You you have to present to various audiences after your pen test report, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, soft skills are very important. Consulting aspect is very important. A- anybody who plans on being a pen tester should start to get comfortable talking about technical issues in front of both technical and non-technical people and uh, being able to explain those clearly and uh, not just the findings themselves or the vulnerabilities, but really a lot of times w- what they are really interested in is, okay, how do we fix it? Right. So you have to kind of know that aspect as well of what, of what you're reporting on. Ryan, besides your upcoming presentation this Monday, do you have anything else you'd like to plug? You know, just uh, I, I just really encourage people to get out there to some of the local events in their security community, uh, specific to Portland area here where I am. We've got some some great OWASP uh, things happening with uh, the workshops that are starting up, kind of the smaller, more hands-on groups, as well as some of the mentorship programs. Um, I did the mentorship program last cycle. I thought it was a really good experience being able to kind of help somebody who's interested in security and wants to get started, but needs a little guidance. So just get out there, get involved, you know, go, go talk to security people. Don't be shy about it. Cool. Ryan Krause, thank you again for talking with us. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by the Portland, Oregon chapter of the Open Web Application Security Project. OWASP. Check us out online and see how we're making the web a more secure place. Music is by Tomo and Animoy. And my name is John Whiteman. Thanks for listening.